have never, ever seen Christy this excited. We're going to talk about it on this Taking Off podcast. Hello and welcome to the Taking Off Podcast. I'm Dan Milliken, and oh my gosh, I had to just uh, to to tell Christy to settle down. Oh gosh, you know it's funny. Um, you always throw me off with your your opener. <laughs> Dan never runs them by me. He just does it because he wants a genuine reaction from me. I tend to get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Chrissy, you're in uniform. You're you're running by. You're dropping off a whole bunch of cameras because you had an extraordinary flight yesterday, and we were able to film some of it. And uh, to bring us up to date, what is going on that makes Christy so excited? Yes, so I got to do uh, a test flight from DFW to um, Boscobel, Jamaica, or. Uh, Ocho's Rios, I think is the big like vacation town around it. Um, they've never had an airliner in that airport. And uh, so from my understanding, this whole thing was two years in the making wow. of American working and envoy working with the Jamaican equivalent of the FAA to help build out an uh, approach, like an actual RNAV approach to get airliners into this airport and then we needed to make sure that based on all the performance numbers because everything was in theory up to that point you know the calculations for the performance etc cetera, etc cetera, we needed to make sure that we could get the airplane actually into the airport it's got a little over 4700 foot runway um which we we go into smaller airports and stuff but this one's a little bit different because there's terrain and and stuff like that around as well. So it's a little bit challenging. Um, so we went in. The other thing we needed to do was we needed to get some pictures and videos of the actual approach in so that we could create training material for the pilots. Right. And so we actually had um, somebody from our Envoy communications team that was there that was actually helping film all this stuff. Yes. So, um, cause you can't just like put cameras up and go. Right. Now you have to have somebody hold them according to the FAA rules. Exactly. So we actually had to have him there sitting there. Yeah, and... I wish, I wish I could have gotten that gig. Oh man. It was, it was incredible. And, you know, to be honest, like, you know, uh, us pilots, we are, we're so busy. The captain and I were so busy doing these approaches in, um, <laughs> I forgot that he was sitting back there behind me in the jump seat, the, right. the communications, uh, member. But it was great. So, like, we came in. We had to actually do the RNAV approach. So we flew the RNAV approach to make sure that it was doable. It was, in fact, doable. We did a low approach. Um, and it's funny because somebody actually took video from the ground, and it looks like we did a touch and go. We never touched. We got okay. very low, but we never actually touched. But because of the terrain and how it slopes, it almost looks like we touched. No, we, ne we never touched. But we, um, we do a low approach over the runway. We flew back out. We came back around. We did a low approach over runway two seven. Again, that's the that's another visual approach. So we just wanted to get more video and and whatnot of that, just in case the winds favored that runway, which only happens like five percent of the time. They said, but you just want to be prepared. We flew a low approach over runway two seven, came back out, and then we did a visual approach to a landing back to runway nine. And so, um, and yeah, we, we showed that it was doable with the, you know, um, 
prescribed speeds and, and everything else that we were projecting. It's a very short runway for you guys, right? That's yes. kind of what's ha- why an airline has never come into this airport. Yes. So tell me about that. Yeah. So um, we go into some short runways, like we go into runways like Hilton Head, and there's some other Caribbean island destinations that we fly into that larger airliners can't necessarily get into. Um, maybe like an A uh, uh, an A319 could get into those, but really those that's what this is where the Embraer. 175 shines. Yeah, so this is this is kudos to the Embraer E175. Yeah, and of course, why you one of the many reasons why you are madly in love with the E175. Love it. I got to do the takeoff yesterday out of the airport, and um, that was just it was so much fun. It's just it's amazing when you get to um, when when you you really have to let the performance of that airplane shine. And this airplane just I love her so much. She just does a fantastic job. We had no issues with it. What, what is okay? So, what are the numbers for the E one seventy five for as far as uh, how long the runway has to be and all that kind of stuff? It depends on the conditions, and okay. so there's a that's the thing is that it's variable. It depends if the runway is wet. Um, you know, how we, full you guys are, how heavy we are, which determines our speeds, what flap settings we're using. So, in this type of um, runway environment, we're going to go in with flaps full. Because, um, like, no matter what, because no, it's good. We're going to be heavier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was great though. Um, but I, I just, we landed, we pulled in, and then there were just so many people there. I, we were, I, oh, I before we get to the people swarming, let me interrupt. Okay. The landing. Um, so the runway's how long? For a little over 4,700 feet. 4,700 feet. And um, where did you guys touch down? Where did you stop? Uh, we touched down toward the, you know, the, that first, you know, touchdown zone area. And I mean, we were stopped easily. <laughs> it felt like we were stopped within a couple thousand feet. Um, we have an app that uh, dictates or kind of shows us what our performance numbers are. Mm-hmm. So we plugged them in and just made sure that, you know, hey, like this is doable. We're just we checked it obviously before, but we're checking it again based on the conditions. Yeah, okay. Okay, so for all the general aviation pilots out there, you know, you have to have short field landing um, experience. It's on the check ride and everything else. Is there a short field landing exercise on, at the ATP level in this plane? Um, so not necessarily for the the check ride portion itself, but because uh, we go through AQP. Right. That's our training. Our training is not like ATP standards it's actually it's aqp which okay. is a little bit different and each year we go through recurrent and uh we get tested on a little bit different things so not this i think it was actually yeah like i think every recurrent i've done so far we've done what we call spot landings spot landings okay and that's the equivalent for the ga pilot of the short field landings sort of yeah okay sort of so what we do is we have the sim instructor that says okay we're gonna put you uh, there's this really short runway um at the boston airport so he sets up the simulator uh for this really short runway and i forget which one it is like two two ride or uh, three three something like that it's the really short runway and he says okay I want you to land here on this like 3000 foot runway and I want you to get stopped by this point. And so the, we take turns in the sim practicing that and it just to show that it can be done. And then we also do, um, 
degraded runway like simulation mm. landings. So um, we do the RCAM, which is the runway codes we use. So like a 666 is like a perfectly dry runway, no no contamination, it's perfect. A 555 is like, oh, it's been raining. So the runway is now wet, but it's still good. The And that's your braking action, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, a 333 is medium to poor. And then anything under a three, you really start thinking about, do I really want to land here? I actually landed on a 333 um, just last week up in Illinois because mm. there was that snowstorm blowing through the Midwest. And right. Yeah. That's, I mean, you still get stopped and, and everything's fine. It was a, you know, long enough runway and everything, but you can definitely tell that there is a difference. And so we practice that in the simulator to make sure that we can land on those runways. All right. So great. So you had an 800 foot landing in Jamaica and uh, <laughs> Not exactly, but you got the plane stopped uh, at whatever gate and terminal that they had there. Tell me about that now. It's a brand new, well, there, I don't want to say it's like a brand new terminal, but they're completely redoing the terminal. There's a lot of construction going on on the inside of it. So the locals are excited to have this ability. They were so happy. We had members of the Jamaican parliament there. Oh, wow. The like airport authority president was there. Members of their local press was there. And then lined up along the outside of the fence were just people like townspeople. They, because they've never seen an airplane this big go in before. They've wow. had, they've had like um, corporate planes and stuff like that and small aircraft come in, but this is the biggest air like airplane that they've ever seen come in there. And um, so people were really really excited. Just so nice. Um, I cannot say enough about how welcoming and nice and how excited they were. So they they come on and of course they want to interview us. Um, the Jamaican FAA was there. Because this is the first time an airliner has actually flown the approach that they created. Right. They created this approach for us. And they wanted to see that it worked and everything. They take Absolutely. pride in their work. They were, um, you know, it's really funny. They, because uh, I was making, it's un- uncontrolled, non-towered. So you have to make CTAF calls basically on their Unicom. And um, they, compl- <laughs> it was really funny because they complimented my CTAF calls. Oh, nice. Coming out. They didn't, they don't realize that I, I own a GA aircraft and I fly to untowered airports and I have a lot of experience. Oh, doing it was that. untowered. It was untowered, uncontrolled. Oh, so you're making these calls and oh, nice. Yeah. Like, you know, any traffic, any area advice? No, we <laughs> absolutely not. We were like, you know, envoy, you know, uh, American Eagle jet turning right base, five mile right base for runway two seven low approach, Boscobel traffic. You know, I mean, no joke. Like it was, literally like flying the warrior but and we you know but that's the thing like we do that we have practice i i like to do a lot of the evening flying mm-hmm. um with envoy and so I'll so you go, go in, into class d airports or class c airports that, that are maybe, closed that are closed in fact the the airport that i had the 333 landing in the other day uh the tower had just closed but airport operations was on the ground giving the income because there was multiple of us coming mm-hmm. in it was other airlines coming in as well it's not uncommon so, yeah, you're making CTAF. You're like five-mile final on the ILS, runway, whatever. So they liked that. <laughs> they complimented you on your CTAF calls. Yeah, exactly. And I just smiled and I just said thank you. But um, we got swamped. I am. Um, I know you wanted me to do more video and stuff while I was there. I, I did not have a chance. I could not pull away. They they grabbed us in. They dragged us all over They in a good way. Mm-hmm. But they, they, um, they brought out a spread of like, food for us they're like oh for the crew we're you know we 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 did this and um they uh they had a press conference there they asked us to speak 
And I think the captain and I, Robert Nieder, we were both completely unprepared. Um, for public speaking. For public You're speaking. You're totally prepared for landing a plane on a short landing runway. Landing a plane. Yeah, all that. Like, my brain had not gone any further. Like, I was there to just smile and answer questions. Right. But this time, there, so they asked him to speak. And so he stood up and he spoke. And it was very good. And, and I'm just sitting there. I'm just an FO, you know. Right. And then there, but there was actually a member of the press that was really excited to see a female right. pilot there. And so she was making comments. And they were like, and yeah, we'd like the FO to speak. The first officer. And I was like. <laughs> I guess I'm speaking now. So I had to really improvise what I was going to say. It worked out, though. It was really nice. They were so friendly, just so nice. They're, they're very happy that we're there. This is going to pave way for other yeah, airlines so what, to come what in. What is next? What's American wanting to do here? So the first commercial like passenger revenue flight that is going to operate to this airport will occur on February 24th. Oh, wow. Really soon? Yes. So um, this, w- this is like we're literally getting the final stages of this together and like you guys i am just so honored and happy to have been part of this this isn't uncommon they've done stuff like this before we go into places like dominica and other caribbean airports we go to small airports and stuff it's a big deal for these small communities that have not had airline service before even in the states there are small communities and that's honestly where the heart of the regional airline is it's going into these smaller airports that the larger airliners cannot typically get into. And they're often very welcoming and very appreciative and very happy that we are providing service there because it opens up new doors for them. Yes. The, the aviation becomes um, a new lifeblood for communities like Absolutely. that. And the regionals are, are really providing that, and that's really cool. There are airports that we go to up north. In the Dakotas and even like Montana, smaller airports up there um, that are just booming now. They're booming. There's like they said there's like there's a big boom in like um, I think it's like Bismarck or something right now. They're just exploding. So when we go there because we have overnights, we stay the night there and you're driving around. It's just new construction everywhere, everywhere you look and turn. And I am just so happy that we are we get to be a part of that like we're Mm -hmm. part of the reason why they're booming because like it would take i don't know a thousand hours to (laughs) drive out there right versus a three-hour flight on american eagle going to dfw all right so the envoy flight was dfw to this jamaican airport correct Uh, tell me about the flight how long it was Uh, do you go over cuba you know tell me all the details yeah so we flew um it was about a three and a half hour flight to get there from DFW. Now I just, I do want to clarify the operating passenger flight will be out of Miami. So if you're looking to go, yeah, if you're looking to go there, it's going to be, um, you'll have a connecting flight through Miami. Um, and it's a, they said it would be about an hour and a half from Miami to, to Jamaica. Um, uh, but yeah, when we went out there from DFW, it was about three and a half hours. Now, and then plus an extra like 15 minutes or so to do some of those low approaches yeah. so that we could get that valuable uh, information and data for our, our pilot group. Um, and then going back, that was a little bit different. Um, Cause yeah, the first, when we first went over there, we did go over Cuba. We have apparently the, there are agreements with yes. their airspace and whatnot. And it was fine. Like it was, 
we had no issues with communications. They were perfectly nice. No, I mean, I actually didn't expect any issues, but yeah, we went right over Cuba. Yeah. Uh, I vacationed in Jamaica right before COVID. It was our last big family vacation before COVID. And that's where we went. We went to Jamaica, but we went to the one and only airport that could handle airliners. Right. Yeah. Now there's another one. Now there'll is, be another one. Yeah. And it's amazing. So will American be having Envoy handle that Miami to yes. Jamaica flight? Yeah. Envoy is going to be doing will that Will you get flight. the bid on that flight? Or is that like Miami-based It's pilots? a Miami-based flight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I mean... Well, I say that um, there are times like, for example, Kevin last week and this week, he's he's we joke. He's a Miami based pilot. It was on our line this month and last month. And it it's very it's not uncommon. You'll deadhead to Miami and do a bunch of Miami flying. And then that last leg to get back to DFW is like so you'll go like Kevin is doing like he's deadheading to Miami today. And then he f- operates the flight from Miami to Grand Rapids. Wow. And then he stays the night and then tomorrow he'll go back to Miami and then he'll go to another location out of Miami. And he's basically just Miami based. Sometimes um, because we've got a Chicago base as well, sometimes we'll go to Miami and then we wind up going out of Chicago. And then again, on that last day home, we'll be in like Huntsville or something. And that last operating flight is like Huntsville to DFW. So it's kind of cool. We I like I like it when we get to do the base tours, I, I, as I call it, because it allows us to see how operations are done. Uh, right. Because they're a little bit different at each airport. We have um, we have DFW, of course, Miami, Chicago, and Phoenix, and so it's really fun doing the base tour. Okay, well, we're going to have an Airline Pilot Life with Chrissy episode that features this amazing Jamaica trip that you did. Amazing. Um, It sounds like it was really, really cool. I learned, and the thing is, I learned so much. There is a lot of value in flying with people with as much experience as Robert Nieder. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, he, he, he was able to show me things and give me perspective on things that, you know, it's hard to get as, I mean, I've got like 1200 hours in this airplane, which sounds like a lot, but when you're looking at somebody that's got like, you know, 10,000 or more, um, that's where I, I find a lot of value in that. I, this is an experience that I will definitely cherish forever. And I hope they let me do more flights like this because it was amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure you represented Envoy well there on the ground in Jamaica. I hope so. Well, very cool. And I want to thank our sponsors like 67 Designs. I just got a care package from them with a new uh, iPad and pencil holder. I can't wait to try that out. 67D.com. Also, Marshall Protective Services, MPSProtects.com. Colton Mortgage, free residential mortgage. Colton taking off. ClemensInsurance.net. Jerry has saved me a ton of money on my insurance. And ZVision, XEVision.com, the brightest landing and taxi lights out there. Don't forget Flying Eyes. Flying Eyes, my last one I was going to do. Flying Eyes, go to flyingeyesoptics.com. Use our discount code, taking off all caps, one word. I'm their biggest fan. Yeah, I know. You you bought you bought before we were even sponsored by them. Yeah, and then I was like, dude. And you're wearing some right now. I am. I These are my work flying eyes. I actually have work flying eyes because they match. Yeah. And then I've got my personal flying eyes that are the black ones. Mm-hmm. Like, I just have like an array of flying eyes that well, I've gone I, over there. I'm years. wearing flying eyes, too, under these headphones because... Look at that. The uh, the They're so thin and low profile under headphones and headsets. Kevin got a pair of the prescription flying eyes. Yeah. And those are his like daily wears. Oh, now. I know. And I, I popped the magnetic shades on and people, somebody stopped me. Like I walked into a restaurant. I popped off my, the, the snap on mag, 
shades, and she was freaking out, pointing to my hand. I thought I, I was burning myself or something. And she was just like, your sunglasses. You know, it was, it was really funny. You hear that? You guys, Do you guys hear that flying eyes? Like, Dan is representing yeah. out in the wild. Out in the wild. <laughs> so flying eyes, uh, use our discount code, get that money off. So, all right, Christy. It was a great episode. I'm so glad you had that trip. It was. Trip. Yeah, I got to go to work. So right. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Talk to you guys later on Taking Off Podcast. Podcast.